Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. We're doing a show like today, uh, totally beyond me. Because I know at first, you will be thinking to yourself, Self, how is this show going to help me? I'm not a pastor or a leader at church. Well, my listening friends, all that needs to change today. Because you need to know what an effective church marriage strategy looks like so you can begin harassing your church leadership to implement it. But, as always, it can also help your relationship specifically, because if you're willing to do the same things for your own marriage that a church needs to be doing, you're going to be okay. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley. Along, am I allowed to bring it up? Sure. Along with the proud new father who is falling asleep as I speak, <laughs> my co-host, Seth Johnson. Oh, yes. it finally happened. Yes, my beautiful daughter, Sloane, came a couple weeks early. Give her full name. Sloane Annalise Johnson. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we're big fans. Yeah. Big fans of her. And mama and daughter are doing great and healthy and... uh just the timing of all things um, made this last week pretty eventful. Yeah, because you had a baby, which is stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like so much for you. Yeah. Because she, yeah. Yeah, because I, I didn't have to you try were just to. You there, coaching. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. I believe in you. And after many, many long hours of uh, Shauna being awesome in labor and and pushing uh, Sloan decided that she did not want to come yeah. that way. So they ended up doing a, a C-section. And um, about 3, 3.49 p.m. on Sunday. And then we went home on Tuesday afternoon. Nice. Wow, that's fast. Yeah. After a C-section. Yeah. Well, I, I had a gig. so Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had something to do. And then, uh, then we moved. On Thursday. <laughs> so, wait, you got home on Tuesday. Yeah. Your wife had had a C-section. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, hey, babe, it's time to move, which, of course, you probably didn't help at all. You watched her <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. pick she, up boxes. She's super strong back. Hold the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a perfect storm of delays with a new house being built. Yeah. And uh, actually did, like, the final walkthrough Thursday morning, went straight from that the closing signed on that drove home and had um some movers meet us there with my parents her parents and a couple other friends and where where was oh yeah i got out i was in seattle (laughs) no we actually purposely did not really ask friends to help move because no one wants to well i didn't want to i would have helped yeah i can say that because i wasn't here and didn't have well I but think I most most friends like would will real friends. Yeah, no, but no one wants to. It's like no, oh, it's the worst. I gotta do that, especially when it's not even your crud. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh. So, anyways, so we are now in on the new home with the new baby, and we finally have a refrigerator as of yesterday. So that's good. Congratulations. <laughs> didn't have one of those either, or washer and dryer. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, Sloan. Now don't poop yeah. too much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and yeah. Well, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. So if if I do sound a bit lethargic uh, for the next 20 years. <laughs> it's about accurate. <laughs> you, the listeners, will know why. Yeah. Yes, you will. So today, we're talking about an effective marriage ministry for churches. 
Mm-hmm. So a church marriage strategy, it's something that's becoming a major focus here at Smalley Institute. I did our first ever pastoral training in Southern California back in August, actually, and now getting ready to launch the free online training for churches on the church marriage strategy and uh, getting very close. You and I, after this show, we'll be recording the audio for the marriage mentor training. Mm-hmm which will be amazing. And I was hesitant to you know, do an entire podcast episode because I don't ever want to lose listeners because they're like, oh, we don't need to listen. Yeah, this isn't for me. But it is for you. Because if you listen to the show and attend church, your church, you need to recommend the show to your pastor, to whoever might be in charge of the marriage ministry at your church. Because these are, it is not a complicated thing to have a healthy marriage strategy for a church. The problem is that most churches don't know kind of the key elements that you need. And I kind of teased in the intro, it's actually it's the same thing every couple needs to be healthy. Yeah. So our heart is churches start to implement and develop the strategy. It's totally free. So I'm not, of course, because I'm a genius when it comes to business. <laughs> I'm going to be giving this away for free. And the reason I'm doing that is because it's not rocket science. You know, I mean, I don't need yeah. 60,000 words to explain to a pastor what they need to do to have, you know, set up an environment for marriages to thrive at their church. So it, it for me, it should be free. Yeah. It's not hard stuff. But, you know, once again, here I am giving away stuff. It's what you do. It's what I do. So... If you're going to have an effective church marriage strategy, every church in the world should be doing this. And what's sad still to me, you know when Rick Warren kind of exploded on the scene with Purpose Driven Life? Yes. Do you know what the actually book that he wrote before that one? Find Your Purpose in the Life. The Purpose Driven Church. Oh, really? Yeah. Rick's passion was to help churches develop a strategy on how to effectively make disciples for Jesus Christ, that book didn't do very well. <laughs> and so I think it was a publisher, honestly, that was like, hey, you should re- just write another one, but do it for the individual. And now it's like the best-selling book in the history of mankind. Maybe secretly that's what I'm going for. I'm going to yeah. start with this church marriage strategy, and then my next book for couples will become the greatest-selling nonfiction book in the history of mankind. I don't see any fault in that game plan. No, why not? Sounds sounds perfect. I'm pretty sure Rick wasn't (laughs) planning on that, so maybe I've already sabotaged it. Can we just put in the the same um, forward in there? It's not about you. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we could. (laughs) We we really could. So every church should be doing this, and I wanted to hit here, kind of off the top, that it feels like a lot of people complain that their church doesn't do a lot for the marriages, mm-hmm. right? You tend to have some pretty good stuff for singles, definitely have amazing things for children and youth. And now since Rick Warren, you know, small groups and that sort of fellowship church model, it uh, feels like most churches have a small groups pastor of some sort. But we're really, you know, we're really kind of low on marriage pastors and merit and, and specific marriage strategies in churches. And I think the reason why is a lot of senior pastors marriages are not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a element of resistance there. I know Rick and other people have done lots of research. Uh, I think Rick Warren was the one who, who surveyed pastors wives and 87% of them said the worst day in their marriage is when their husband became a pastor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of that, I think, going into they feel embarrassed and have difficulty pushing either marriage sermons or marriage series or even effective marriage ministry of the church because their own marriage is secretly not very good. Mm -hmm. But we kind of need to get over that. Right. And and I want to encourage pastors – if you are struggling, the best thing you could do would be to embrace this thing and be honest. I mean, you don't have to get up there and throw your spouse under the bus. That'd be totally inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. 
But to go, hey, we all struggle. That's, I mean, by far, Seth, the biggest compliment I get at, at my own events is that people come up at breaks after whenever, and they go, thank you for being so honest about you and your wife's own problems. Mm-hmm. Because, and obviously we do that on the show as well. It, you know, we need to stop being afraid that there's an area in our life that's messed up. We can talk about it. Right. Even though I won't be implementing like an exercise ministry for my church anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> I just got totally convicted about that. I was like, well, it's easy to, easy to, to say. be honest about marriage, but no, that thing I really, really struggle with. <laughs> we'll keep that on the back burner. Hey, so what would you say... Uh, is a typical example of like what you've seen marriage ministries at ch- at churches right now. Cause like we talk about how like they're oftentimes lacking or, you know, possibly even non-existent. Well, I, and I would even ask the listener what, what describes, you know, the marriage ministry in your church. Is it an event that we do every year in February that mm-hmm. tends to be pretty popular um, maybe our pastor preaches on marriage at least once a year, or they, you know, some churches might even have a counselor on staff, or or we like to, you know, we try to use marriage curriculum in our small groups. You know, it, it's for me, it feels like the majority of churches, at best, have a hodgepodge experience for couples, yeah. sort of a hit and miss thing, where there's not an effective purposeful strategy on how are we going to make sure that the couples who attend our church are the healthiest couples in the community, mm-hmm. right? It's just this kind of non-sequential thing they'll throw at their congregation. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm booked for events and they're like, man, this is the first thing we've done in two years and three years, mm-hmm. you know, for marriages and thank you so much for coming. And, and it was kind of a lot of those interactions I had yeah. that, it doesn't feel like it's from a lack of desire for many churches. It's really from a lack of know-how. Yeah. And I can see how it can be super intimidating, um, even if, you know, say you're the, the pastor, um, their marriage is great. It's like there, it's, it could be like there's just another thing to put on people's plates or just an, it can initially seem as just like another, another quote-unquote program. Yeah, and you know, and and what's important about what we're trying to accomplish with the church marriage strategy is, I get God is going to put on pastors' hearts different things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know uh, where you go. What would you kind of say the heart of your senior pastor is? What stands out to you? Oh, just reaching like just families and like our our neighborhood. Like that's a big part of it. It's feeling like we. Uh, we we are making sure we impact like it's almost like the, the homes that are across the streets and yeah. things like that. Um, before we try to say the greater Houston area, making sure that we are representing Christ in the woodlands. You know, yeah. And I would say for my pastor, my thing would probably be outside the walls is what they call it. Mm-hmm. So helping and impacting ministries outside of the church. That's why. Uh, I think only, I don't even know if it's fully 50% of our budget that we bring in goes back towards the facility or salaries or anything. Fifty Over 50% goes outside of the walls of our church, which is wonderful. Yeah. And then prayer. Those mm-hmm. would be kind of the two big things that Jeff has been led to. And the church marriage strategy doesn't need to interfere with sort of the calling on the heart of every senior pastor. So I want to be really clear about that up front. You don't need to change your church into a marriage ministry church. However, if you want to have an effective church who is able to pursue the heart of the pastor and kind of that calling God has put on his life, you'd better have healthy marriages. Mm -hmm. So do you see the difference there? Like, right. I want churches and pastors to start understanding that an effective marriage ministry is only going to help what you're wanting to do already. You don't have to change the DNA of your church in order to have an effective marriage ministry. Right. I think that's important. Okay. You don't seem overly impressed. 
No, I, I you seem very tired. <laughs> yes, I completely agree with that. When we're talking, your eyes need to be opened fully. I know where the microphone is. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think that's important because you know, the goal of a marriage ministry, and this is really my my brother in law who married my sister, mm-hmm. Roger is the marriage pastor. That is his only job, which is a fairly rare position in church life today. Mm-hmm. I am praying and hoping that that gets changed. But one of the things that he's realized, and he has turned his marriage ministry at Fellowship of the Parks up in Keller, Texas, outside of Fort Worth, is the primary goal of an effective marriage ministry should be to, drum roll please, make disciples of Christ. Right. Not have healthy marriages. It needs to be... Because the primary focus of the church as a whole should be designed around making disciples for Jesus Christ. I mean, that's kind of the big, you know, what do they call that? The, the Great Commission. The great commission. <laughs> that's kind of the big plan. Do you know that big thing that I've heard my entire life? So the great, you know, go make disciples. And that is, that should be the primary goal of the marriage ministry, of the small groups ministry, of the men's ministry, of the women's ministry, of the children's ministry, all the ministries should have the same goal. We're trying to make disciples for Jesus Christ. And the marriage ministry should be no difference. But, I mean, I'm curious, Seth, you've been in church world for a long time. Your mm-hmm. dad was a pastor, mm-hmm. associate pastor, mm-hmm. blah, 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 forever. Have you ever heard marriage ministry being discussed in that like that, of it being the goal being to make disciples? No. Isn't that interesting? I haven't either. I've been yeah. in marriage ministry. Well, I grew up with my own father, and then me personally, almost twenty-four years. Yeah, I'm, you know, I I don't have much um, firsthand experience within churches uh, up until the last five six years in, in marriage stuff. But growing up, I definitely never heard, definitely never heard that. I find that interesting. I find it that I've been in this ministry for couples and marriages for nearly 24 years. And when my brother-in-law brought that up, I mean, it was a light bulb moment. I went, why have we not been doing this the whole time? Yeah. Because it needs to be the goal. Because we know the heart of any healthy marriage, at the heart of that are going to be two people who are actively engaged in being disciples of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so... That's kind of one of the big things here that I want to make sure and say out loud. And and for the listener, again, you don't have to be a marriage pastor or a pastor of any kind. It's the same rule for you. The heart of your healthy marriage is going to be the fact that you and your spouse are actively pursuing the heart of Christ. You're trying to be a disciple of Christ. And so helping couples with their relationship I guess what I'm saying is not enough. Right, that's not the end all. No, it can't be. Because, because then, there's no success or or even eternal success with that model. Right. And then then there's no differentiator between um what's happening outside of the church. Exactly. As well. Yeah. And I mean, you what I'm challenging churches is you got to start utilizing the marriage ministry to point every couple to Christ. That's what has to be most important because individuals who are, you know, who desire that healthy relationship are naturally more open to an authentic relationship with Christ. So I have found when helping couples with their relationship, it's just an easier conversation to, to, to go down the road of, you know, where all this really comes from that's your relationship with jesus so if you're trying to communicate better you're trying to forgive you're trying to get past some hurt you're trying to wreck all of those things come naturally from a healthy relationship with jesus christ so for me it's always made it a significantly easier conversation to have i tell people i get opportunities to speak all over the world in communist china and in india and europe i mean all over the place and what's fun about doing marriage is, you know, like the Chinese government might say, look, we want you to come, but don't talk about Jesus. 
And I don't ever hesitate about that. I don't have to say Jesus's name or quote specific scripture, but what I find hilarious is mm-hmm. everything I'm teaching are all various commands from Christ. Right. He's the source of that. So the more people dig into those things or the more resources of my own they might start to dig into, they then start to discover where all of this advice comes from. And yeah. I think it's an effective model for a church too. It's an it's an incredible opportunity. You know, one of the big things we're doing now is the comedy of love date night. Mm-hmm. And that's where I do comedy. But the, the virtually all of the comedy that I do are these stories from my own life that all point back to Christ. All your near-death experiences. My near-death experiences, my love story, my father. You know, I've started sharing the death of my father. <laughs> I, Sorry. Listeners, it I don't... It sounds so weird every time I say it. Yeah, I don't... I, <laughs> It's more healthy than that sounds when he starts laughing when he talks it, about the death of his father. Well, it's messed up because, as only a smallie could pull off, his death was hilarious. So <laughs> it was. It was so insane. Oh, my gosh. I know. We need to. I've been wondering because, you know, I have that recorded. Mm-hmm. And I've wondered if I should use it as a podcast episode. I mean, yeah. And we- how that would play. <laughs> well. Over a podcast. We would have to check the analytics. Dude, my favorite thing after I share my father's graduation to heaven story with people now is, you know, I try to warn them. Like, hey, I'm going to share about my father and his graduating to heaven. Mm -hmm. And you're going to laugh. And you're going to feel really uncomfortable (laughs) laughing at my father's death. And people, their looks are like, are you insane? But it's okay. It is okay. And then they come up and they'll hug me going, thank you so much for sharing that. What a blessing. And I'm really sorry. I was laughing so hard. I had a lady in New Jersey come up to me after that. She goes, I have never laughed and cried so hard at the same time in my life. She goes, I made noises (laughs) that my husband kept staring at me like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) It just warms the heart. <laughs> it does just touch you right there. All right, well, maybe we're going to have to post it. Well, because here's the deal. Jesus's commands are at the heart of any great marriage, right? Like you can think of what are some of Christ's commands that are so applicable to a healthy marriage? Well, turn the other cheek. <coughs> so, you know, you're not you're not going to retaliate to like, you know, my wife would never do this to me. Yeah. Just lash out and I'm not going to not going to do the same. I'm going to walk the extra mile. Maybe. Really? <laughs> Shauna, bless your little heart. <laughs> hey, but I'm going to forgive. You're going to forgive. Christ commands us to be humble, to be kind. I mean, we could go on and on and on. There's like a book that we have with all there these is. commandments of Christ. There is. A wonderful study, actually. Mm-hmm. We're, actually, we have four. If only we knew where you could find them on the whole of the interwebs. I have an idea. What's your idea? Go to this podcast page. Uh-huh. Click on the store. Yes. And then you'll you'll see a whole section called Knowing Jesus. Oh. Yeah. I like that. I know. Done. Technology. They're really, really cool, too. And so here, and so that's an important part here, because if you're going to have an effective church marriage strategy... The core of that strategy is to make disciples. Everything you're doing in your marriage ministry at your church needs to be pointing people to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And there's basically three key strategies that churches need to implement that would dramatically, and just one of them, one of them has been proven to cut divorce by 50%. Really? Just one of the strategies. And that's like real research. That's not church speak. Right. You know, made up statistics. Pastors love to make up statistics. I am very guilty of that 9% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three main pillars, you might even say, to an effective church marriage strategy. And the first one, so it, let me give you all three. Okay. You got to prepare. Mm-hmm. You got to strengthen. Clearly. And brother, you got to save. You got to save them. Save, save them all. 
So the prepare one, I know that was horrible. <laughs> I don't know. People just turned it <laughs> off immediately. The first one is prepare. That's the one that if you just even implemented this strategy, you could cut the divorce rate for your church, your couples by half. Prepare what? So prepare means doing premarital education. Uh, so every, because yeah. here's what I want churches to start doing. And again, this is why it's not rocket science. Primarily, people still choose to get married in churches. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, by far and away, yeah, the most popular venue is in a church of whatever denomination. I mean, I but do what? I mean, I didn't, but whatever. Well, because you're not. Well, let's not even go into that. <laughs> just for the sake of your daughter. <laughs> and so, if churches would all sign a contract, which reminds me, I need to add this contract example to the online training for churches. Okay, but. If you would sign a covenant at your church or a contract, whatever the heck you want to call it, that says nobody gets married in our church without going through our premarital education program. Now, obviously, Smalley Institute has one called Engaged. Mm-hmm. It is available online. It's a wonderful premarital. It, it, it teaches everything you need to know in order to have a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. But you got Simbus, Save Your Marriage Before It Starts mm-hmm. by the Parrots. That's huge. They have a wonderful, he does. Les is a good friend of mine, and he developed a powerful online premarital assessment mm-hmm. that goes well with his premarital program. So I encourage him to do that. Prepare and Enrich is another great one. My own brother has a great premarital program. Can't remember what it's called. <laughs> There's probably some passive aggressiveness in that. <laughs> I want to say it's, yeah, before you say I do, it's some (laughs) dumb title. So, no, but he has an excellent premarital. There are some great things out there. And actually, in the church marriage strategy on the online training, I'm going to give links to all the ones that I would recommend. So, obviously, I'd love folks to use ours, but you don't have to use ours. The point is that you need to do a healthy, well-established premarital education program the good ones are going to have about eight hours. And some of them, you can do that in a full day. Mm-hmm. So like for ours engaged, churches can do that as a one-day training. You can do that over the course of eight weeks or four weeks if you want to go two hours at a time. But the key is that you have this contract at your church so that when couples go, hey, we want to book the church to get married. Hey, we'd love to have you. That's so exciting. Have you done your premarital training yet? Oh, what's that? Ah, here's what it is. Here's when we offer it. Here's how you can mm-hmm. get it done because you have to do that before you're allowed to get married at our church. And and I've talked about this before on the show. There are communities around the country, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Modesto, California, I think Tulsa, Oklahoma, somewhere in Washington State, where communities have implemented in their religious churches, so uh, Jewish, Muslim, Christian, evangelical, I mean, all of them, They've all banded together and said, no one gets married in our city without premarital education. Those communities have seen a decrease of 50% in divorces. That's crazy. I mean, this is important stuff that I don't think enough people know about. So prepare is that first critical component because you want to get couples healthy before they get in trouble. So this is easily the number one way to reduce the risk of divorce in your church is by preparing the couples that that you perform their weddings for their marriage. And you also can turn the wedding as an opportunity because, and I don't know if you've experienced the same thing. I don't know if your father was like this. Maybe he loved it. But a lot of pastors, they kind of complain about having to do weddings. Um, he didn't do, do too ton. many. I think he enjoyed them when he did. So but he did kind of a select yeah, yeah, yeah. few people. Not many people could afford the holiness that was my father. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was, that is, that, that is yeah, to come. Wait, oh, no. Isn't he still alive? <laughs> yeah, he's doing great. Love you, So, <laughs> yeah, apparently you love him real well. So, but a lot of pastors are like, oh, because right. they get stuck doing it. A part of what you can do and what we encourage them to do is, one, you need to build up a team of folks that can mm-hmm. perform weddings. It shouldn't just be <laughs> fall on the shoulder of the senior pastor. Right. Or the associate pastor, whatever. 
So you can build up a team, but then start looking as that, at that wedding as an opportunity to get a couple plugged in. So one of the things my brother-in-law does, again, at Fellowship of the Parks in Keller, Texas, which I think is so brilliant, when the couple goes on their honeymoon, they actually give them a gift basket. So they deliver a gift basket to their house, or it's delivered the day they return from their honeymoon. In that gift basket are several marriage education resources, Mm -hmm. which is super healthy. But it's also a way where they connect them with a marriage mentor at the church or a small group where they can get involved in. Uh, it's like, here's like contact information yeah. for your We want to encourage you. Here's your next step. Hope you had a blast on your honeymoon. This is what you want to do next. And so it becomes a super effective way to get couples plugged into the church. Volunteering, being active, being in a small group, getting mentored. Wow. I mean, you're having a sold-out person when they, get, when they become engaged, especially at an earlier age. It's very cool. So you got to look at that wedding as an opportunity. Now, that's prepared. So it's not hard, right? And the church can, again, you can do various premarital programs, all of them. None of them are complicated to do. And as I'm going to share later in the show, you really can have your marriage mentors do all of this. Yes, you're, you're taking burden off of the pastoral staff. That's one of the other big goals is personally in my research on, you know, who's out there kind of teaching an effective church marriage. There's really not a lot out there, which is shocking to me. But some of the tools that are, that, I, that will go unnamed, I'm not trying to be mean to competition or anything. I'm really not. Again, it's why I'm offering mine for free. <laughs> it felt more event-driven, mm-hmm. right? So the marriage strategy was do these events. And, it, it, you know, it, it really added, you know, I would hate to be a marriage pastor, purchase this marriage ministry plan and go, crud, I got to do 12 events this year if I'm going to be effective, which events are tough to do. They're stressful. Yeah. How do you, you know, I mean, that's that's not an easy thing to do. And, and our goal at Small Institute is to make the marriage pastor's role easy, is to take mm-hmm. work off that person's plate and at the same time be significantly more effective. That almost sounds too good to be true. There's a, probably a set of steak knives involved. <laughs> that will cut right through a penny. Right, and then just skin a tomato. So that first pillar is prepare. The second one is strengthen. This is probably the number two thing you can do for the couples already married in your church. Because here's been the problem with most church marriage strategies. They really only focus on the couples that are in crisis. Uh, instead of just the everyday average Joe. Exactly. We have to be preventative. It's almost like the medical community. You know, forever, yeah. the medical community was really just treating the problems and not trying to prevent the problems. And once we got into vaccinations and preventative medicine, mm-hmm. we live longer. And that's why we, we take healthier. our Flintstones vitamins. Yes, it is. So strengthening that pillar is easily the second most important thing you can do. And your goal with this pillar is just to provide opportunities for fun, classes, enrichment, and community. So this is this this is the part of the overall strategy that could have events yes, as part of it. But 100%. But unlike others, the strategy is not the event. This is just a small part it's of it. It's a part of it. And you can do – and depending also on the culture of your church and mm-hmm. your area – Events might not be the thing. It's just not what people want to do. Yeah. Um, others, it is a big deal, and for whatever reason, the DNA of your church, you can pull off wonderful, fantastic events. That's great. But the key here is both are fine. Classes are great. Mm-hmm. Small groups are great. Date nights are great. You know, one of the ways I encourage churches in this is why not, you know, four times a year or twice a year, just offer your child care services for a date night. Yeah, so my church, uh, I believe it's once a month. Wow. On, on I think it's once a month. On a uh, Friday night, it's like four hours or something like that of, yeah, come, of child care. drop the kids off. Then you got free babysitting that you mm-hmm. already trust. Yeah, and, like, and, and the church itself has the facilities. It has the trained people. 
uh, to handle it. And yeah. I know that, you know, up, well, Shauna and I eventually soon will start taking advantage of that. But prior to this, it was awesome for us, even though we didn't have kids at the time, because our fr- all our friends that have kids being able to actually spend time with other couples. Yeah. Um, and them not having to like stress about whether it's the finances of babysitters or Which whether they'd my- be fine locked in a car all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, that'll get you arrested real quick, Seth. <laughs> Do not leave Sloan in the car when you're making that liquor run. That is just yeah. not smart. So, one of the things in the strengthen that I want to highlight is you know small groups have become extremely important. And a lot of churches want to get their members involved in small groups, and they have difficulty because a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to go to someone's home. They don't have the time to go to someone's home, which is a totally different show because you need to make time for things that actually matter. Mm -hmm. Your kid doesn't need to be in seven things at once. But they don't have the time. And, I mean, you and Sean will start recognizing this. You know, if you have four couples in a group, I mean, you could easily have eight kids and they yep. could all be really young. And so it's just kind of a hard, mm-hmm. distracting evening for two hours or three hours where kids are going crazy and you're trying to do a study as a, as couples or whatever. And so one of the things that I've that I've done at multiple churches I've been involved in is the large group, small group format. What's that? So that is where you can offer a class. It can be on Sunday mornings. It could be on a night of the week, whatever fits best your church. But it's where people tend to be less intimidated to sign up for a class than they are to sign up to be in a small group. There's just, I don't know what it is. I mean, I I get it. Like for me, even it just feels intimidating. Like, am I going to like these people? What are they going to cook? You know, right. Is their house going to smell funny? (laughs) It's more easy to be anonymous if, especially if you don't enjoy it or like think you might back out. Very well said. Thank you. So how I have tricked people and manipulated them (laughs) is Amy and I will do these large groups, small groups. So we might, like our last Reignite class we led at our church, I think at 70 people. Mm -hmm. So what is that, 35 couples? Yep. Yeah. So 35 couples, that's a large group of people, Mm -hmm. but in the room we lead the class in are circle tables mm-hmm. guess how many people can sit around a circle table eight guess what they just became a small group a small group so what amy and i will do is we will talk for 20 minutes 25 minutes teach some sort of concept but then at each table we'll have a series of questions that the couples will go through as a group mm-hmm. and what we see is we see a lot of the community and relationships forming even in that environment. And we'll encourage that, too. Like, hey, come back, stay at the same table, get to know the people you're with. Hey, these could be built-in free babysitters. You could start helping each other yeah. with babysitting and start rota- you know, rotation. And then the other thing we do is we make sure that we have one of our trained marriage mentor couples at the table. So those marriage mentors kind of lead the discussion. Mm -hmm. And now the couples are getting to meet those people so that if they do have an issue or they need a little extra time or some more one-on-one time, they're already getting to know the mentor couple that they can be connected with. That, for me personally, has become my favorite format. Yeah. Is the large group, small group. There's just very little resistance to it, and they still get to experience that community. And so is that still like a, is that a once a week thing? Yeah. So we'll do the Reignite class over an eight-week period, okay. seven to eight weeks, depending on timing and schedule and right. whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You can go, I, I usually would encourage a church not to go less than six. Mm-hmm. It starts to become a little on the shallower side, but but you know what? Even if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. Right. Go for it. It's still providing a benefit to the couples. And what you'll find is the couples that are in trouble they're going to find their ways to these classes, and that's where you get them hooked up with a marriage mentor. Pretty sneaky, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a good job it's a, manipulating people. It's a good sneaky manipulation. <laughs> the last pillar here is save. And so, obviously, there's going to be couples who slip through the cracks, and they end up in trouble, and your church needs a plan to help them reconcile whatever's going on. That's where the marriage mentors come in. 
Because marriage mentors are highly effective in helping couples in trouble. And what are these marriage mentors? So the marriage mentors are couples that you identify who just believe in marriage. I mean, do you know any couple? Uh, uh, let me say that differently. Okay. Do you know any mature Christ-believing couple that doesn't feel strongly about healthy marriages? No. There's not a single one out there. So basically, I've just labeled all the healthy couples in your church are all candidates and should be marriage, marriage mentors. All of them. So there's not like a superhero requirement. No. Like a special power they no. have to possess. You don't need a degree. Unblemished track record. No. Oh, actually, that would make you a bad candidate. Because if you have an unblemished marriage... So I couldn't be a marriage mentor is what you're saying. Uh, That is true, actually. (laughs) I forgot that you and Shanna, so amazing. No, we totally gave each other a dirty look the other day. It was bad. No way. It's probably like during labor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, the stress of labor. And she finally got negative. So, So, yeah, no, you don't have to be perfect. And actually... It's your imperfection that's going to make you an even better marriage mentor. Because what I have found, God will use the the trials Mm -hmm. and suffering you've gone through in your marriage and overcome. He's going to give you a couple that's in the same mess. And now you get to go, we've been there. Yeah. So they're the best people of all. Well, it's like we talked about at the beginning of the show um, about one of the things people thank you for out of Vince is like your honesty about the the trials that you have gone through and the issues. And, um, this strategy allows, uh, these would be mentors, a venue, um, and forum to share what God has brought them through and to encourage others. Yeah. And what's, what's, this is my, I think this is the biggest part of the church marriage strategy. And obviously we did not invent the idea of marriage mentors. I get that. <laughs> However, patented trademark. What I feel like has happened in the past is that couples are resistant to being a mentor because they think they need to be leaders. Mm-hmm. They need to have special training and special education. Frankly, a lot of the marriage mentor training out there is crazy. It requires a tremendous amount of time. I can say in full disclosure that at our own church, when we first started developing this marriage mentor training mm-hmm. that we're having that will also be available online for free, is it required couples to come to two consecutive four-hour evenings. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of time commitment. It's mm-hmm. a lot of time commitment on the pastor, and it's a lot yeah. of time commitment on busy couples. I mean, all ours requires is just matching Smalley Institute tattoos. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be willing to get tatted. But outside of that, right. very <laughs> low committal. Okay, so I'll be honest. <laughs> Roger and I, my brother-in-law, met with this incredibly successful marketing lady. Mm-hmm. Charity. God, couldn't think of her name. You can see her website, charityreeb, R-E-E-B dot com. She's brilliant. Really is brilliant. And (laughs) it was during that meeting that she asked, well, why can't you, like, why can't you just make this easier for people to become mentors? I'm like, well, what do you mean, Charity? She goes, well, and, and she said what I just said. It's a huge time commitment on everybody. The pastor, yep. the couples, and and what it got me to realize, I was resistant to doing my own marriage mentor training because it required four hours one night, four mm-hmm. hours the next night. Even I, you know, <laughs> this is what I do for a living, didn't like that I had to do that. It just, you know, because I'm telling you when I'm teaching this stuff, it is not rocket science. There are just things that I need to make sure that you hear out loud and this is kind of what I was going off with, uh, you know, when we were talking with Charity. I'm like, there are just certain things you need to hear out loud. It's going to make sense immediately when you hear it. And that's it. She goes, well, then why can't you just make it audio-based training? And I mean, you know, you could have hit a, you could have heard a pin hit the floor. I mean, it was just stunned silence. I'm like, why haven't we done that? So what are we doing? Mm-hmm. We're making audio-based training. For marriage mentors that they can do at their own pace, 
They can listen to it at home. They can listen to it in the car. They can download. It is going to be the easiest training for mentors ever created in the history of mankind. Dare I say the universe. <laughs> the soul of us. <laughs> wow. That's a nice Arnold-ish. You know, everyone else can do that. I actually have a hard time with my Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the soul of us. I know. You do it very better. You do it very better. <laughs> Wow. I also speak. Feels like I have a newborn at I home. speech good, too. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the best part of the strategy because having a team of marriage mentors is going to make the job of the pastor in charge of marriage significantly easier. So really, his or her job becomes recruiting the team of mentors to lead each of the key strategies or pillars we just talked about. So marriage mentors can do the premarital, marriage mm -hmm. mentors can do the strengthening, and <coughs> marriage mentors, sorry, <coughs> dramatic cough, yeah. can do the saving. They can yeah. do all three of them. It doesn't have to exclusively be on the shoulders of the marriage pastor. And I know these people. The majority of them don't want to do that. They, they're, they were never called to spend 10 hours a week counseling couples right that was not their calling and very very few of them ever want to do that this is what i am i don't want to do that <laughs> 10 to 12 to 20 hours a week it's exhausting yeah. and it's unrealistic especially if i mean if you're in a church of 100 or more people that's all you would ever be doing yeah it is ineffective mm -hmm. you got to be the leader and so really what that person's job becomes is recruiting that team and then leading the team. The team of marriage mentors are the ones implementing those three key strategies. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. I, I need energy over there. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. That's humiliating. His eyes are a little brighter. <laughs> Huge smiles and excitement. Yeah. They're <laughs> it's the worst smile of excitement in the history of smiles for excitement. So that's what the mentors do, is they do the work with the couples. And the pastor's job is to lead that team of couples. So now what a pastor can do is say, you're just recruiting healthy couples. Mm -hmm. And then they can go and do the online training, which once it's finished, Seth and I, I think really all that's left is you and I recording the audio. So yeah. all the text is there, mm -hmm. but I need to now have the audio. And so we're going to be doing that here over the next few weeks, so it should be out any day now. And what that pastor will do is say, hey, I'd love for you to become, you know, and, and my pitch to couples, by the way, is, hey, do you think marriage is important? Well, yeah, of course I do. And do you want us to have really healthy marriages in our church? Yeah, absolutely. Are you willing to journey together with another couple and just keep them accountable? They're like, I can do that. Yeah. You can't. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we're sort of called, if we're really a disciple of Christ, our goal should be making disciples of Christ. Yeah. And this is one of the ways you can do that, is by being a marriage mentor. It's one of the best ways, frankly, you can accomplish the Great Commission, which I did not mess up this time. <laughs> it's good. Well, it's also, uh, I think, one of the more natural ways of... Um, creating disciples in that, like you, like I think for a lot of people, myself included, sometimes the idea and act of discipleship feels um, intimidating, yeah, or um, maybe maybe not convoluted is the right word, but like sometimes I don't know where to begin. But with something like this, like you've you've already walked through it, it gives the basis for everything that you're doing. Yep. So it's like built-in experience. It is. So your life has been the training. And so are you willing just to sit down on a weekly basis with another couple and hold them accountable to going through the Reignite Your Marriage in Two Days book or whatever other program or book that you guys want to use? Are you willing to go, hey, how'd you guys go? How did, do, you know, did you read this week? Did you do the activities? And if you're willing to hold them accountable, that's all you need to do is to be there. Mm -hmm. And... and to let the couple know that you guys care about them and you care about the success of their relationship, you can meet at a coffee shop. You can meet at the church. You can meet at your homes. I mean, you can meet wherever you want. You can go out to dinner. It's a casual 
time to have a simple conversation. Mm -hmm. You are not having to do the work of a counselor. You are to do the work of a, of a disciple maker. That is it. And everybody is qualified to do that. Mm -hmm. And, and again, the training I think also will make, and you will hear it and you will understand it. So now all the pastor has to do is go, Hey, I want you to go through this online training course and let me know when you're done. And they're ready. They're ready to go. That is cool. I'm super excited about this thing, if you can't tell. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I look forward to starting the uh, audio recording process and getting it out there. I know, which will be happening shortly. Yes. Well, do you have anything else to add of significance, my tired new father friend? (laughs) Not of significance. (laughs) Only of insignificance and jokes. So we're at that part of the show where we remind you that we have direct links right here on this podcast episodes page where you can download our reignite your marriage app, which is super cool, mm-hmm. very helpful and totally free as well. Yes. A lot of free stuff going on. Uh, at some point I got to have something that makes money. <laughs> right. You got to pay the bills. Yeah. So get that app because it'll help you do a lot of things. And while you're there, you can check out the online courses. So we have a massive library where there are hours and hours and hours of our very best video series totally converted to an online course platform that I personally love and think it's, by the way, that online library of courses can be used in the strengthening part. Mm -hmm. So you can pay one fee, have access for life, and have all the studies you'll ever need to walk couples through on an annual basis. Isn't there something from the library that we're supposed to link on this podcast? Isn't there something... I don't know. We'll have to go back and listen. We'll find out. Also, if you enjoy the show, <laughs> uh, go ahead and subscribe on uh, iTunes for us. Subscribe. And if you you know, want to take a step further, a review, it's always nice. Yeah. Uh, let's us know how we're doing and let's others find us. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll-free at 888-565-6462. Hey, DC. Right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better, it applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks Friends and Family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC. A lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details.